0: to uh, prepare well he needs to get something from the bible and uh, it's a good idea if he's got a voice as well and uh, so this could be a very very short message but um, uh, last monday i felt that i'd sort of been knocked over by a juggernaut lorry and it's been a bit of a struggle all week um uh, slightly disconcerting because this is the first of six messages in the next seven days but but um but um I hope it sounds a little bit better to you than it sounding coming from me and that God will communicate this morning in his word. We're coming to the last message on the series Essentials. And uh, we do a series on a regular basis. You know, in the church, we think about them, we pray about them, we plot the course. We really want to be intentionally in signing to great people in Arena Church. And as Brian Houston reminds us, at conference last year, we never forget that you're giving your time this morning to be here, and it's never taken for granted. So we, want, we always want it to be a valuable time, a profitable time. We always want it to be a time where God sows into us and enlarges us and makes us bigger. And so we've been running with this series, which is a really important series in the life of the church, because it continually, intentionally takes us forward to be all that God has determined us to be So step one after Christian had given an, an introductory week was that we knew God. And the expression of knowing God is baptism, which we're just looking forward to next week. Resurrection Sunday, 12 baptisms across the arena campuses. Awesome. And then to find freedom. And we feel that the journey of finding freedom is best expressed when we find relationship, where we get connected with another group of people in a small group. And our small group journey is continuing to find flourishment and continuing to press ahead. And then to discover our purpose, to be right to the bullseye of what God's determined us to be. And the Bible describes the church as a body. We're not all the arm, we're not all the leg, we're not all the hand, we're not all the feet. But across this room this morning, so many gifts, so many different talents. Some of them innate, some of them... Uh, that uh, you've almost grown with Uh, some that have surprised you because you didn't realize that were there some of them being redeemed by Jesus changing your life but whatever it is that we come to a place of finding our purpose not doing something because we have to do it but doing something because we're passionate about doing it Which brings us to today, because when we follow all that through, we come to a place of making a difference. And the best way that we make a difference is to come to a place where we sit on the dream team of Arena Church. In other words, we find ourselves, whatever the context, whatever the role, we find ourselves serving in the life of Arena Church. Now, there's always been people in the world, men and women, that have wanted to make a difference. Some have done it not always with the best motive. So some people have made a difference by using power politically or might militarily. Some people have tried to, tried to make a difference by wanting to be controlling, even of nations. And as you look at the history of time, you, you sometimes look and think, how could a people fall for that? But the power of control, making a difference. And then, of course, we have to recognize that many people want to make a difference and have made a difference through things like medicine, education, humanitarianism, philanthropy, technology, industry, the arts, and so on. Some of these people motivated by faith. But what about the Christian believer? Well, this morning, let me take you to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, for a few moments. I'm going to read some verses. Mark's Gospel, chapter ten, and I'm beginning to read at verse thirty-five. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, "We want you to do for us whatever we ask." Whoa. What do you want? Uh, what do you want me to do? Jesus replied. They said, "Let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in glory." Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking for. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the other 10 heard about this, they were indignant with James and John. Jesus called all the disciples together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Listen, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here we come, friends. We recognize that people have wanted to make a difference, sometimes for their own ends. We realize that through skills that ultimately God has given, people have made a difference that impact all of our lives today. But the tour de force of the Christian church is not might, it's not control, it's not lording it over people, it's not looking for its name to be, as it were, in the stars. The passion, the impact that comes primarily through Christian believers in the kingdom of God is simply through serving. It seems ridiculous. It seems crazy. It seems as though we ought to do something else. But when you find relationship with another group of believers in what we call a local church, and you see that God wants to use not only them, but you in this incredible team, you realize that that's the power that truly makes a difference. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was martyred for the faith just before the end of the Second World War, said, the church doesn't need brilliant personalities. What the church needs is faithful servants. And our verse reminds us, friends, that in Mark 10, the the, the disciples were jockeying for position. One wanted to sit on the right hand of God, of Jesus. One wanted to sit on the left hand of Jesus in glory. Jesus says, you don't even know what you're asking for. But he brings all the disciples together. He reminds them of the authorities of the day that used to lord it over people. Come over people. Not so with you. The Christian church, friends, is not to come over people. He's called to come under them and when the christian church pulls together its gift and blessing to come under people its serving force is unstoppable so i felt i thought i thought that when i became a christian i became a son of god using that in the generic sense men and women of course we did but out of the security of knowing that you're a called son of god jesus wants to come you to come to a place where you serve him. And when you begin to serve him in a way that's passion-fueled, you'll have the joy of knowing that you're making a difference. Now, of course, not all Christians arrive at a serving journey. You may say, well, why is that? Well, let me try and answer. Some people don't arrive at a serving journey because their flesh life gets in the way. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the inner nature. The old man. There's still wars against the new man within us. Someone says that a servant of Jesus has given himself over to the master as purchased property. We are given over to him. Some people find it difficult to become a servant because like James and John... They're more interested in status. I want to suggest, friends, that as I survey the Christian church generally at times, it seems to me that some people are more interested in status than they care to admit what the title is before their name, whether they have prestige on the platform, whether they notice, whether they have a world ministry. Well, I want say, ultimately, none of those things have, matter. And they certainly don't matter if God's not opening up the doors for people to walk through. And then you'll find that status really doesn't matter when we submerge it in working alongside other people in a team. Remember one of the mantras of Arena Church. It's amazing what can be done in a team when it doesn't matter who gets the glory. Dot, 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 dot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You say, well, of course it doesn't matter. But I've been in contexts where it does matter. Where somebody's done a job and somebody else has got all the plaudits for it and it's mattered to that person that they didn't get the credit. But for a servant, it doesn't matter. And then servanthood will inevitably involve sacrifice. And as we come to Good Friday... And understand the following of Jesus. He says, if anyone's going to come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. And the denial of ourselves is to contradict ourselves, to push aside our, our ways of doing it, and to yield to what God is wanting for our life. Our passion as a leadership in Arena Church is that every one of us would come to know God, that every one of us would increasingly find freedom, And as we tried to articulate a couple of weeks ago, that's a journey for all of us. That every one of us would come to the bullseye in this season of our lives of what God has called us to do. And then that we give all that to be part of the team. And through the local church of Arena, make an amazing difference in the earth. Now briefly, and I'm just going to bullet point these, here's seven things that reflect... When each of us come to a place of serving on a team and of making a difference. Firstly, serving follows the example of Jesus. Remember what he said in Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man does not come to the earth to be served, but to serve. Philippians chapter 2 will be read in a lot of churches this coming Good Friday. When he says, even though Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was God, he took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him a name that's above every name. Exaltation couldn't take place, friends, without that submission to the servant journey in the earth when you serve you live out the example of jesus secondly servanthood reveals a great heart attitude in ephesians chapter 6 and verse 7 the bible says serve wholeheartedly servanthood julie reminded us that god's looking on the heart not the head outward appearance servanthood will Always, ultimately need to come from here. Not from here. Because we'll get cynical here. We'll talk it away here. We'll ask too many questions here. But when he gets here, we'll serve wholeheartedly. Have you ever looked at somebody, maybe playing, maybe at work, and somebody else said, you know what, that guy's heart's not in it. His heart's not in it. But when you get captured by the call of Jesus that sits over your life, you'll want to serve wholeheartedly. Number three, servanthood states our first priority. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Now in some translations there, it's got the word mammon. And in some translations, it's got the word money. The context is, That you can't serve money and serve Jesus. People have tried to do it. But who's the master of our lives? It's Jesus Christ. He's meant to be Lord. We'll talk a little bit about this in our series after Easter, but just a couple of quotes that I came across on money. Someone says, it's possible to love money and not have it. And it's possible to have money and not love it. That was the great Bishop J.C. Ryle's quote from way back. And then here's another one. If money is your chief source of security, it will prove to be your chief source of anxiety. See, it's mastering you. It's mastering. You can't serve two masters. And servanthood comes out of recognizing that Jesus is the master of our life. Number four, servanthood understands true greatness. Jesus said to the disciples, going back to our text in Mark 10, Whoever wants to be great. There's nothing wrong. We want you to be great in the kingdom. But people think greatness is, well, I'll never be great until I get on the platform. I'll never be great until I'm a preacher. I'll never be great until uh, I have spent time at Hillsong. You know, I think mean, maybe that God's putting something in your heart to be a communicator or to connect. You know, but greatness is not defined by likes. Greatness is not defined by your name in the Christian press. Greatness, friends, is defined by living with a servant heart. Whoever wants to be great. Fifthly, to acknowledges the need of others. This is why sometimes people rail against serving because they want to do it on their own. But the Bible says that we're one body with many many parts. I've appreciated this so much more even in recent times that there are incredible people across Arena Church that are graced to do things that I'm not graced to do. And if I tried to do what they were doing, I wouldn't do it half as well. A quarter as well as what they're doing. And to champion people in their grace gift and say that is amazing. And give some encouragement to that and then ask God to use me in a little bit in some area where he's graced me with makes the whole thing work. Don't be independent in spirit. Don't just think it's about you. But find that community. Find that team within the team that acknowledges that we need each other. Number six, servanthood knows that serving is following and following is serving. In other words, when you become a follower of Jesus, the most natural thing to do is want to serve. And when you serve Jesus, it's the most natural expression of being a follower. John 12, 26, Whoever serves me, follows me. And seventhly, servanthood lives out with the right focus. It helps us to serve God. It helps us to serve each other and it helps us to serve the world with works and words. The passion of Arena Church is that we would go and grow and love and serve our community. And we do that unconditionally. Let me take you back to a week last Tuesday, another meeting in Coventry of some core leaders of Assemblies of God, about 60 people there. Matt Bird was the afternoon contributory speaker. Matt's spoken from this platform at a leaders' meeting that we held about two years ago. And Matt is the founder and executive director of Cinnamon Network. The reason he's called Cinnamon Network is because he began in a curry house in London, just round the corner from the House of Parliament, called Cinnamon. And they decided that he was a good enough name to launch their ministry. Matt is a very, very gifted guy. He comes from a posh part of South London. He's a family man. He always wears a nice jacket with a flowery handkerchief coming out of his pocket. He's a man of great gift. He's a a man of great ability. He works in some very, very high network companies across the country. But God gave him a passion. He didn't try and do it on his own. He did it with other people. And they formed a team. And the idea was that God would use their fiscal skills to raise tens of thousands of money to give back to local churches in micro grants, so that churches all over the country could start projects. For instance, a feeding program when children are on school holidays because there are many tens of thousands of kids that don't look forward to school holidays because that square meal they get whilst they're at school disappears when they're not at school. All over this country, friends, we've got churches running school holiday feeding projects. And so it goes on. The idea being that those projects find a a sense of traction and then become self-sustaining. And Matt and the team are then able to sell sell, so into other other people. It's proved to be a great ministry, a simple thought with a great idea. Matt is an elder in a New Testament church of God church. He's the most unlikely guy to be in a New Testament church. Black majority church that I've ever come across, but he just found incredible relationship with his friends in that part of London where he lives. And uh, he's passionate about the local church. I remember when he came here, three times a lady stood up and says, so do you give to charities then? And on the third time, with a little sense of exasperation, he says, wash my lips. We give money to the local church. And they've given tens of thousands of pounds away. A great ministry. Last year it was my joy to represent Assemblies of God GB at a, uh, a, a great church building just around the corner from the House of Parliament where Cinnamon Network did their faith audit launch. And they had, they had pulled together f- figures, metrics, that were able to show the impact by value that the church made in our nation. The Archbishop of Canterbury was the keynote speaker. The Assistant Chief Constable of the Metropolitan Police was there, amongst other luminaries. That's the impact of people that have a passion to serve. Why do I say all that? Because all of that was ripped away on that afternoon as Matt began to articulate why he does what he does. And he reminded us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because of what we could do for him. He didn't die for us because we were on the way to church because some of you were in the opposite direction. He didn't die for us because uh, we deserved it. He simply did it because he loved us. And Matt reminded us that the servant ministry of the church with the right focus is to unconditionally minister to people whatever see Christians still ask people "Send to him as I do so how many people have come to Arena Church through the community project well thank God people have but it's the wrong question because the passion of servanthood is that we would minister out unconditionally to people and allow God to do the rest it was so impacted that afternoon because that man exactly lives that principle and we got it So as I draw the message to a conclusion, let me just refer to a couple of quotations. I don't know whether you've read Weekly News this week, but um, Weekly News has been written by our community manager, Lisa. And she engaged in a a useful principle, which is to remember. See, often we want to forget the past, but to remember what God has done for us. And she reminded us that the community project began now. Just six years ago, she drew attention to the pallet that was just to my right that carried the first few bags of groceries. As Christian began to uh, lay in the vision of the food bank, the pallet had so many splinters into it that we needed health and safety advisors here to steer people around. It was horrible. But what about now? Six years later, friends... We've got a 9,000 square foot unit within walking distance of this church we've got paid staff and a volunteer base of well over 60 we've got an allotment on Ina roads we've got a team that write to people in prison and visit we've got people that work we, we've got we work with over 25 agencies we've been on the tv local radio on numbers of occasions we've had various famous people visit the community operation we no longer solely rely on the church to devote to give, uh, donate food but there are people that work from our church in serving that generate over 400 pounds worth of food in this area every month local supermarkets have come on board local schools contact us as to uh, uh, wanting to help through their various giving projects we've secured thousands of pounds worth of funding to start the project that an so well pointed us to at woolworth's and so it goes on lisa says wow and there is more to come church keep going keep praying keep believing because we can make a difference in this generation right on the doorstep of our church friends on thursday afternoon it was my joy to chair our arena community trustees You can imagine within that meeting that sometimes we're dealing with the minutiae of issues. We're looking at finances. We're dealing with some little problems at times and some big ones. But the thing that always washes over me is that names pop up from around this community. People that come and take a low profile on a Sunday. They're not on the platform. They're not preaching. They're not speaking. They're not sharing out. But they are making an amazing difference in people's lives. We've in walking distance of where we worship this morning. We want to say thank you. Yes. And then this little quote came, comes from a classic book on serving. And the pastor that wrote the book says, Without the work of servants, countless wounds would not be tended. Mouths would not be fed. Grieving people would not be comforted. Broken marriages would not be mended. Lonely people would not be embraced. Hurting children would not be nurtured. Countless cups of water will never be offered in Jesus' name. And countless spiritual speakers will never be, seekers will never be befriended. What do these people have to offer? More than you probably think you have gifts and talents you have been born with. The passions that inspire you. The blessings of education. The skills that you've honed as you've worked at home and in the marketplace. The life experiences that have matured you. The pain that has deepened you. The love of neighbor that spills from God's heart into yours. Once you decide to invest even a small portion of the blessings that God has given into your life, into others, you'll find the seed of something powerful is sown into your very soul and to realize in the midst of giving yourself in an act and spirit of servanthood servitude, that that seed will blossom and will bring a realization of blessing into people's lives and an understanding that this is what you were made for. You see friends, we're not made for our name in lights. We're not made to lord it over people. We're not made to win the battle in our own efforts. We're made as followers of Jesus Christ to simply serve. And as we simply serve, and as we simply give away something of ourselves into other people, you will know an amazing sense of God's blessing on your life we pray that the essential series will embed itself amazingly into us that increasingly we'll have people that will come to arena church that will know God they will find freedom they will discover their purpose and by serving they will make a difference you may say Phil I feel as though I've got so little to give to Jesus the Bible reminds us That even if you give a cup of water to someone else in my name, you will have your reward. Arena Church, let's every one of us find a place of being part of a team, a dream team, of serving and of making a difference because this is what God has made us for. Let's pray.